This and every episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast brought to you by People State Bank, the Andrews Insurance Agency, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Bob is Stevens, Bob did wheat, and old Slim, he came home. Let's go white. Jim and Jury, Richard Dixon, Lawson, Gaither, Dennis Dixon, Delvin, Cessna, Kelvin, Cessna, Six Gun, Billy I tried not to look at the, I wasn't even looking at the computer. <laughs> Welcome to another fantastic edition of the old school red hill podcast i am brian evans being joined by my partners all night long chip jamerson gary emmons and we'll be joined a little bit by david king dave's having a little computer issues maybe we'll be joined by david king yeah. we don't know we're gonna try time. he's doing a hard reset right now hard reset <laughs> for david king but we're gonna talk about tonight we've we've titled this eight crazy nights in february we're gonna talk about basketball season toward the end of of the 1988-89 season. When we first talked about what we were going to do in this episode, I kind of, I didn't know where we were going to go, but I I left it up to you. But I said, there had to be a week where there were just big game after big game, and and you guys found it. We found it. What a week of basketball. If you're a basketball fan, you're going to love this podcast, and you were loving life 35 years ago. And hopefully you enjoyed our bonus episode we, we put out um, about the that was on my radio show, the Vegas episode. So if you're thinking about taking a trip to Vegas, or you definitely are, give that a listen. It's, what, just a little over a half hour and, and some good information, I think. Yeah, just bookmark that. You don't have to listen to it now, but if you have a trip coming up, you're planning one down the road, listen to it when you need to. So the other thing, oh, I want to get to is the Bridgeport Leader. Um, Great, great, great news. The library is going to step up. They're going to assist us financially in getting this done. Uh, They're going to vote on it here in the next meeting, which is uh, roughly two weeks from when you listen to this episode. And after that, we just got to get the first 20 years of Bridgeport leaders to the, to the archiving company. And they said that it will probably be give or take 60 to 90 days and they will be online and they are going to be on the Lawrence County, uh, library website. Um, or the link to that with the Dick Poppy um, estate was so gracious to leave the money for, for this kind of thing. And so it will be on there. So it'll be right there with the daily records and everything in, in one spot for everybody and not only Bridgeport Sumner residents, but everybody to enjoy. So I, I, I can't be more excited. The people that pitched in and helped, we really appreciate it. Uh, people State Bank made a, a big donation. Tyler Griffin's Pizza House made a big donation. Got some money from Andrews. Um, we kicked in some. Um, I had several other other people ask about donating and and while the library helped and and that is super and it, it allowed us to get it done a little quicker the money that we have raised and will raise will just add more years to what we what we get put online so the the project won't end after this first wave of 20 years but but we've we 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 have some more money and we'll continue to gather and so great thanks we're we're almost to our goal of of getting those bridgeport leaders online and and i know i'm i'm really excited about it i think it'll be a great thing 
Yeah, should no, be I'm on very, just in time for Little League. Yeah, yeah, very excited for that too. It's a a newspaper that was very dear to us. Every Thursday when that when that was delivered, and that was just fantastic. So it's going to be very because uh, we do miss out on a lot, even though the Daily Records and the Vincent Sun yeah. commercials are great resources. Obviously, it's what's built this uh, podcast. It's going to open up a whole new. Uh, we're going to have more. Bridgeport grade school basketball, uh, junior pro football, a lot more Bridgeport Sumner area yeah. news we're going to be able to talk about. I mean, it's like you hey, said, as good a coverage as has, they didn't focus on Bridgeport much. Yeah. K-5-6 Center News by Jane Harper. Oh, yes. And Polk, Jim Herring, each had a column every week. There's going to be all kinds of nuggets we go get out of those. Yeah, it'll be really cool. So Exciting times, so everybody that has been – sending notes that they love this uh it's getting close so so by by late spring early summer we should have those newspapers ready to go so um what's our dates who what's the date of the first game that we're going to do i got wednesday february 9th okay the the first the first day of our eight crazy nights february 1989 well, real quick, before we do that, I will say, one, I've got the Billboard Top 100 up. I might read a few songs on it. It is a great list. As we go through the night, I will play portions of the top five songs to kind of put you in the mood, and it is just really fantastic. But I'll tell you this, uh, the movies that were out then, so you can kind of get your time frame wrapped around it. Coming off five weeks at number one of Rain Man, um, the number, the first part of the the weeks we're doing three fugitives which uh, was number one that was nick nolte martin short and then the next week uh, a movie that i did not see the fly two <laughs> became uh, number one in the world or in the united states and i don't think that 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 did much else you're too busy going to basketball games. yeah not much not much going on there was the not a, unless you went on sunday you were not there was no time to see movies during this week sunday you have one open day well, I'll go ahead and play. We'll, we'll, before we do the first game, I'll play the number five song in the country, and I think this is one you're familiar with. This is by a gentleman named Tone Loke. Journey to a house. One thing led to another. I can't endure. I go hit the floor. Looked up, and it was a mother. I didn't know what to say. I was hanging by a string. She said, hey, you too. I was once like you, and I like to do the wild thing. Not my favorite song in the world, Chip. I think you're a bigger fan than I am. Love that song. I I I I, I think I like Funky Cold Medina more, but love Wild Thing. I mean, Tone Loke is 1988, 1989 to me. I mean, that's yep. who's one of the first ones I think of. All right. Well, who's got the first game? Let's get going. Eight crazy nights of basketball. We're gonna dive into 1989. Well, I think we're, we're going to start here, like I said, Wednesday, February 9th, 1989. The regional for Class A girls basketball is beginning. So to get a little bit of background for those that maybe not know, this was Mandy Cunningham's junior year. Um, just a scoring champion in the state of Illinois, back-to-back scoring champion. So she did it as a sophomore as well. And so junior year does it again. Red Hill comes into this 22-1. and one, And typically we know where the one came from. The one came from T-Town during their tournament. But yeah. we're sitting at 22-1, and one, haven't lost since Christmas. And we're entering the uh, the regional here. Um, we're going to play Lawrenceville. Some of the, I think the top seven on this team, of course, were Mandy and Mary. 
you know, Denise Bowser, Cherry Davis, Michelle Weiss, Connie Collison, Monica Cunningham were those that saw the most playing time on that on that team. Of course, led by state scoring champion Manny. So we got oh. Lawrenceville coming in. Um, this was at home. We were hosting the regional this year, which is never a bad thing to be playing on your home court. So February 9th of 89, Red Hill defeats Lawrenceville in the regional semifinals, 71-23. Um, wow. Wasn't much of a challenge. Mandy and uh, Denise didn't even play in the second half. Red Hill led 18-10 to 10 after one, but it scored 33 second quarter points to take a 51-15 lead at the half. Mandy finished with 29, like I said, all in the first half. Uh, dropping her scoring average with only 29 in the first half, I guess. But Mary scored 10, Denise Bowser 12. Cherry Davis comes in with 10 rebounds, and Connie Collison dished out four assists. Mandy also had seven steals, which now improved the Red Hill Lady Salukis to 23-1. and one. And, you know, those those teams, you know, as, as time moved along, they got more and more support. But there was a lot of people going to these games yes. uh, back, in, back during this week to watch because we were seeing something really, really special. That doesn't happen very often, especially to too many schools the size of Red Hill to have a, a player like Mandy. And, you know, that, that whole team playing together was uh, pretty special for sure. So now, of course, we're going to be moving on to tomorrow's uh, regional championship. We're going to be playing Casey. We did play Casey earlier in the year. Tough game, but 52-41. So Casey played with Red Hill. So this isn't going to be just another easy one as we move into the regional title game. So, But that's going to be tomorrow. Is there anything else on Wednesday? We want to go straight to Thursday. How yeah, many took care of business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How many deep did they go? But it's like seven? Yeah, seven, I eight. think those, those 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 seven that I named were pretty much, you know, there was a lot of blowouts in that year. So, of course, there was a lot of younger. Tammy Hardesty comes to mind as a player. Um, Angie Hardacre. Yeah, Michelle's uh, Michelle's uh, sister, Melinda, played oh, a little bit. Oh, freshman Melinda Weiss, yes. Yeah, so she got some playing time, too. But, you know, in the in the, in the the in the closer games, I think it's pretty much you got those, those seven. Good deal. Um, hey, I did want to mention, I forgot when we started, this is our 80 80- – third episode so congratulations to you guys we are closing in on 30,000 downloads and just uh incredible um what 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 uh we've we've got i can't believe we've got 83 episodes the detractors didn't think we'd get to 10 no they're 83 now and and those detractors they're so rough on us (laughs) i still go back to that time it's like we were bored out of our brains during covid and didn't have a whole lot to do, and again, we thought this would be a good idea. Let's put this out there. We do it anyway, and we're together. Let's 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 start off, and I, you know, again, proud moments of all these interviews we've been able to do, and then just all this going back to these weeks and different times. It's just awesome to do it. So this episode 83, 83rd episode dedicated to the class of eighty three. You've got your Rick Hussies. I say it all the time when I think of the eighty three. I think of Mike Ash. It's the first person that comes in my mind. I think of David Gray. So, yeah, congratulations to David Gray on his 83 graduation. Kim yes. West, Jerry Lofton, Curtis Hankins, Deb Parrott, mm. Todd Parrott. Todd, yeah. yeah, I was just going that direction. <laughs> um, Maria Price, you name it. So, that was Wednesday. What's next? Who's got the next game? I got Thursday the tenth. I I took all the the Lady Salukis games, so I think I'll just roll right into the the, the regional uh, championship game being played on Thursday night, February the tenth of '89. Are we cool with that? Sounds yes. good to me. 
Well, Red Hill applies a stifling 1-3-1 trapping defense that held Casey to single-digit points in the first three quarters to win 60-30. to Like I said, we beat them by 11 the first time around and just come out and just threw a little different defensive wrinkle at them and uh, really shocked them. Anytime you can hold a team to single digits in a quarter, you're doing pretty good. Doing especially. Right, yeah. So that was our second straight regional championship for the for the Lady Salukis. Again, able to do it on the home court. Mandy with another fantastic game. I guess it's ho-hum at this point to say she had a fantastic game. Uh, 36 points. She scored 17 in the third quarter. So she came out hot in the wow. third quarter and really put this game away. Denise had Denise Bowser 10 points and seven rebounds. Coach Steve Cunningham was quoted as saying, defense was the difference. This was the best defensive job we've had all year. Our, our inside people, who, of course, would be Denise Bowser and Weiss and Cherry Davis, did a good job on checking it out underneath. Casey has a lot of size. And if you don't keep them off the boards, they can hurt you. We out-rebound them 24-18 in the game, so obviously Jeez. we did our jobs with, uh, with that, as Coach Cunningham said. So the 24-1 Lady Salukis now are going to advance to the Newton sectional, and we're going to get into Comus in game one of the Newton uh, Newton sectional there. So we yep. know who's looming. T-Town's there. Maury Huff has a great program down in the Comus. This will not be an easy sectional semifinal game. I can't wait to find out what happens. I know it's it's you never knew you never know what's going to happen. What, here. So it, that, what and, and that was kind of the idea between well, about this eight crazy nights show. What a time! Like to think about. I mean, we just went through over here at Bar Reeve. My daughter won an unlikely sectional, kind of upset three teams that had beat them in the regular season, and and the excitement about that. But like to have to have such dominant teams in both the boys and the girls. Like, just what a – let's see, Chip, this was what, your sophomore year? Sophomore year. Yeah. Like, what, what an exciting time. Red Hill High School. Oh, yeah. I mean, because this is the same – we just came off and we made state in 88. Yeah. And, and go straight into this. Oh, so. that's true. Yeah. Wow. And something else, I think I've talked about it before we've talked about some of this, but how cool it was for my eighth-grade basketball team. Our season was over, of course, by this time. But we got bust over – from Sumner, because of course we're going to the junior high, we got bust over to practice against our eighth grade team, practice against the varsity girls team um, uh, during this time, which is really cool to be I'd able to love do. To, I wish I have a video of that. Oh, I, you know, uh, uh, but it was awesome to be able to do that. And I know, like, you know, it's, I always credit when I was a senior that we got to, and no knock on the guys younger than us, but they didn't have a lot of basketball talent in those, those younger grades. So, the guys like Brian Havel, Eric Mosby, Eric Holtz, Matt McCullough, those guys came in and practiced against us. And, you know, that's that makes a big difference yeah. with the, if you're getting real strong competition during your practices to prepare you for, for these other games. And, and, I think we were able to do that for them. And think about who it was practicing and what they're going to do eventually. Bobby Stevens, D. Holloway, yourself, Scott Murray, yeah. Jason, Juice. I mean, that, I mean there's going to be some big games in, in that class coming up as well. Yeah, so I thought that was a cool and uh, that they that Coach Cunningham and uh, and uh, I guess whoever he arranged that with, if it was Coach Dixon, I don't know how because our season was over at that point. But you know, just to be able to do that and pretty cool feeling as an eighth grader to get to go over to the high yeah. school and practice on the floor against uh, you know the scoring champion of the state of Illinois and uh, pretty awesome stuff yeah. to be able to do that for sure. Hey, before we move on, let's uh, take a break and listen to a 
some words from one of our sponsors. Chip, Mook, when you hear that song, you know exactly what we're about to talk about, and that is Bridgeport-style pizza. Where else would you go besides Tyler Griffin's Pizza House? It's just a pooch punt from the Dog Pound. They're open Tuesday through Friday, 4 to 9. Dine-in, carry-out, delivery is available. First Friday of every month in Bridgeport, it's the hottest lunch spot there is. February is so special, it has two pizzas of the month. They kept the General Chow's from January and added the ultimate pepperoni. For the best pizza around, call 945 945- Three six six three Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. That's nine four five. Food. All right. Well, let's move on to our next game. After a couple of exciting Lady Sluky games, we had two exciting Lady Sluky games. We just won the regional, and that gym is not getting a rest. We're going to fill it up the next night. It's Friday night, and the Flora Wolves are coming to town. Once the Lawrenceville rain ended, Flora took over in the mid-'80s through into the early-'90s. Here's, here's what we got coming into this game. Second time we've met this year. Flora comes into this game 10-1 and one in the NEC, 21-3 and three overall. Red Hill nine and one in the NEC, seventeen and three overall. So we're oh. a half game out of first place. Uh, Titanic could, tilt. Yes, we can go into yeah. first place in the NEC tonight. We still have three games left after this, but this will be a huge game. The season opener we played in first game of the year. We lost 55-52 over at Flora. A little bit from that game that was interesting. As I said, we lost by three, and the quote from Coach Kendall was, we got screwed. Screw, sorry, I'm going to try it again. <laughs> we got screwed royally Ooh. at their place anyway, referring to that game back in November. Uh, we were down by three. Kendall says that Stacy Moore was mugged on a three-point attempt to tie it at the buzzer. Ooh. No call. So um, we know – I mean, they've had our number for years, and they got us the first time of the year, but it's time for Red Hill. We're not intimidated by this Florida team. We're ready to be the kings of the conference. It was gone from Lawrenceville to Florida. It's time for Red Hill to take over in the NEC. So a little preview of this game, big preview of this game in the in the paper. Uh, Tom to Florida, Tom, his, their head coach, Tom Welsh, uh, fantastic career, very quotable in the paper. You have two very quotable coaches uh, going head-to-head here. Uh, Welsh says, when Florida comes to town, everybody gets sky high. Yeah, Staver says that may not always be true, but it will be tonight when the Wolves visit Bridgeport for a game that will likely settle the North Egypt Conference Championship. Red Hill High School has never won an NEC title. Bridgeport Township High School won three of them, 60, 61, and 62. Steve Cunningham, sophomore through senior year. That's it. We've never, the Red Hill High School never, so this is huge. Yeah. And I'll get into that a little more in, in a moment. Um, Welsh says everybody gets fired up for us, but we know for sure Red Hill will be. We're two evenly matched teams, so it will come down to who plays well. Uh, Kendall says it depends on how we shoot the ball. And noting that Alney has beaten Florida. The only loss Red Hill has, or Flora has, is to Alney in the conference, and Alney shot 57% that night 
and one by one point. We're going to need something same. We're going to need 57 to 60% shooting if we're going to have a chance to beat them. This team's huge, and they shoot the ball well. Uh, size and shooting against our quickness that we have. Their leader's a junior, 6'4", junior Jim Locum. He's already made 83s on the season. Um, wow. They have 6'8", junior center Paul Turles, seniors Chad Thompson, Jim Jennings, and junior guard Michael Powell. Michael Powell, now an attorney in Bloomington, Illinois, by the way. Yeah. And um, I saw him at lunch one day. I was like, yeah. I saw him at like, what's Michael Powell doing here? So I Googled it and saw he was an, an attorney. Um, and you re- that's amazing was. you recognized him in a place that you yeah. weren't looking oh, yeah. for Michael Powell. I watched a lot of I watched a lot of basketball, these Florida teams. So, but we're gonna counter with the we we covered the school year a few years ago, but we didn't go this deep into these games. You know the names. Uh Lance Smith comes in averaging 23 a game, joined on the front line by David Hobbs at seven a game. Brandon Smith, his brother, six foot soft, six two sophomore, six a game. Uh in the backcourt, Stacey Moore averaging 16 and Clifford York five and a half. And then Mark Ambrose will be coming off the bench averaging six. Look for him to get considerable playing time this game. He's playing his third game after comeback of two months of rehab following knee surgery. So most of this season, as I said, we're coming in here 17 and three, and we haven't had bros for most of it. So, um, did he hurt that in football? Or was it just one of those nagging things? I think it was a football thing that he tried to play on for a while in basketball and eventually had to shut it down. If I remember correctly. Um, so of course our shooters, Stacy, Mark and Clifford are going to shoot the ball. Well, see if we can have a chance against Flora here. I have a chance to win. We know we have a chance, but a chance to beat Flora. So, couple things here. Dutch Klitsky and Jack Scott are going to be the officials. We've got an attendance of 2,000 for this game quoted in the Vincent Sector. So I assume they eyeball that, and that's pretty much a sellout. It, without all the other sectional without features in, the, extra. the regular look that we're all familiar with today. Um, JV game, solid JV t- team that year. Uh, Flora did win 66 to 58 and uh, Ronnie Cullison jr. With 22 Gino with 21 Cullison had a huge JV season that year. And we've talked about his exploits against Mount Carmel on that, on that earlier podcast also, but that didn't happen during the eight crazy nights. We're not going to get into that. So a little bit on the game here. So let's go to my game report. We got all the pregame out of the way. So, the NEC race isn't over yet, but I will tell you, Red Hill did win this ball game, fifty to forty-seven. Wow. A little bit on the game, and then I'll give my personal thoughts on it. It's a little bit from the the paper here. Um, the Salukis dissing. They haven't been consistently been able to do all year, and that shoot free throws in the clutch. Sixty-two percent shooting team on the season, but in this game, fourteen out of fifteen from the line, including ten out of eleven in the fourth quarter. So oh, wow. there's your, we we made our free throws, and the two biggest ones. Who's going to hit a clutch? Who's going to make clutch free throws under ten seconds to go? It's not a senior, Brandon the Smith, most clutch, the most clutch player in Red Hill history. The sophomore heads the line and drills two of them um, to give us our final three point margin. So that brings Red Hill to eighteen and three, but more importantly, ten and one. In the conference, Florida down to ten and two. So we own the conference lead now. Uh, Coach Welsh wasn't thrilled, of course, after this loss. And, Good. Uh, he he pointed out some things. A critical call with thirty four seconds left. The key play in the game. Um, 
Paul Turles, their 6'8 center, uh, laid it in, but then was called, whistled for a charge, so a controversial call, according to Welsh. Uh, he said we're beaten by a good team, but it's a shame a referee's call had to decide it. No call would have been fine, but the charging call was unbelievable. That's what Welsh said about that. And he was he was less than pleased on the – he thought Locum had stolen the ball from Brandon uh, to go for a break, for a layup to give Flora probably a win in the closing seconds, but a foul was called in that situation. I think he thinks it was an anticipation call that Locum was going to foul on purpose, but he thought it was a clean steal. So, well, but I'm, I'm sure he did, did. yeah. He, he yeah, thought, yeah, these are Tom Welch. Yeah. We're going we're to get Fred Kendall's side in yeah. a little bit. He said he had that clean steal, as, and it's clean as a whistle is what he called it. Um, but there's nothing you can do about it, he says. I hope Red Hill thinks it has this conference one. Only got us, and they can get Red Hill too. And so can Mount Carmel. So mm-hmm. while we have taken the lead in the conference, uh, Florida doesn't think it's over yet. Now, Kendall said, I'm understandably happy we won the game. Um, and he's understandably sad, but he's not known for being a good sportsman. Yeah. Besides, <laughs> we got screwed royally at their place. Yeah, I, he, said I, again. he remembered the exact quote from, from November. So we've talked about that. Um, so we so a few more things here. Um, uh, Welsh says Red Hill's hosting this sectional. So I, it's. Things aren't going to slow down in that gym. Red right. Hill Associates sectional. Floor is planning on coming to the sectional, and he wants to return. He plans to return, and he plans to see the Red Hill Salukis at the sectional. So he, this will not be, by most people's predictions, the last time these two teams face each other. Um, Why are any of these games on YouTube? So we got to get these games out there. We got to. I want to see that Jim Locum. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One, we can't take on another project right now. (laughs) Oh, somebody just gets the tape. It takes me a few years, but I get them them posted. I got some tapes from Gary from 2021, I think. I'm going to get them up eventually. Um, Now, Kendall said they they are a well-coached team. He credits Tom Welsh. But I hope we get them right back here in March, and we'll beat them again. Is what Kendall said. I love these coach these yeah. quotes by the coaches. They went uh, at Mork, it. Stacy Moore. What's that? I said they went at it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Moore. Thirteen first quarter points. Thirteen of a sixteen. Wow. So really yeah, set right. the tone early. Um, Lance only had a, eleven that night. Uh, they're big. I mean, they got. I didn't, they got a 6'8 kid coming off the bench. It's a junior that's going to go D1 and play the NCAA tournament in two years. So they're, when you got a Curtis Lee coming off the bench, another got two 6'8 kids. It's a, so they shut Lance down, but other people, I mean 11, double figures, but by his standards, shut him down. Um, so a little bit more on that game. Um, let's see. Do we know what happened to that Jack? I mean, that coach, Tom Welsh? He's still around, I think. I mean, yeah. he's he's still around Florida, I'm pretty sure. But not. I know he coached some baseball and some golf. And yeah. um, did we? Who did we beat in the '91 regional title in baseball? I know it was at Florida. Who did we beat? Only. Only. I knew Tom. I think Tom Welsh presented the plaque. I knew he was yeah. involved in that regional championship game. Um, all right. So the rest is just kind of little game. I'm not gonna get into all the intricacies of the games. But so we control our own destiny. Basically, if we win out, I mean, we finished the season 13 and one, and we can't be caught. We do have three games left against the three big schools, Olney, Salem, and Mount Carmel. 
a few thoughts I have on this game. I remember this night visit vividly. In my opinion, to this point, and maybe still today, okay. the biggest regular season win in Red Hill High School history to that point, and maybe still today. Um, wow. You got to remember, this is a Florida team I talked about. They've ruled the conference. They've got three D1 guys on this team. Yeah. Turles went to Arkansas State. Locum went to UT Martin and Air Force. Uh, Lee went to EIU. Um, Lee, uh, Phil Lee had gone to Northern Illinois a few years ago. Tim Locum went to Wisconsin. So they've had five D1 guys in a yeah. three-year span there. And so the, the it was loaded, but so we've knocked them off. So we've proven that uh, we're for real. And you have to take Red Hill seriously now for because through much of the 80s, they hadn't been. Hey. And, we, well, um, true. <laughs> so it, I know we'd also be in COE that year. That could be argued. Right. But it was a tournament game, and going for any, to me, an NEC championship's bigger than a car my uh, get a car my semifinal game. And um, and there's so, young people that listen to this that that were long after the NEC, and it was the amount of talent. And you've heard about us talk about it before, and we're just old guys reminiscing. The t- amount of talent year in year out in that conference was unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure people listen today that played against Florida in the Little Illini Conference are like, Florida had five D1 guys. and Yeah, Division One NCAA basketball in a three-year span, five guys went to D1 schools. And, I mean, that, I, and, and that's just one school. Yeah, I mean, and when, you yeah. know, when I was there, I mean, Carmi was amazing. Only mm-hmm. was, I think only started three kids, six, three or bigger. I mean, it yeah. was, it was just a gauntlet and we were just, you know, kind of mediocre at best. And it was tough, man. Tough. Yeah. And when I say 2000 in there, I mean, Yes, this really happened. We didn't sell it every game, but if you, those of you that are picturing what the gym looks like at game say, we can get back to this. I'd love to get back to this. I don't know if we ever will, but you think of, you go to Red Hill Games now, you look at the seats. There's a lot of, you can sit basically anywhere you want to. Sure. Picture every bleacher, every corner, the whole um, end, the student section end. Every single seat was filled in that place. You weren't looking. You get it. it was a sellout. You weren't looking at seats. You were looking for seats. Yes. So it was an amazing time to be a Red Hill fan, to be a basketball fan. Um, moment I'll never forget. We want the the locker room celebration after we won that. We haven't won yet, but we control our own destiny now. Coach Kendall, the JV guys we uh, that didn't dress varsity, we all sat up in the bleachers, you know, right up there in the student section, right at the steps. Um, by the weight room, um, and he wanted the JV team down the locker room for the post game celebration Smart. because it was it was a scene in there, and to be part of that scene. Now I know why he went down there. He knew Rob Waller and Matt McCullough were sitting up there with us, and those and he knew yeah. the next four years or next three years after this are gonna be really really good. And I want Matt and Rob and those guys to, to feel. feel this. Yeah. But there are also guys like me and Jimmy Seacrest and the guys, but still to let us all be a part of it. It's, it's just a great moment. A, just a great tactic by Coach Kendall. Sure. Yeah. Enjoying the moment. You say, even think about thinking, it. He's thinking three years down the road also. Yeah. Right. So just um, one of my favorite nights as a Red Hill fan. And to cap it off at halftime of that night, 
The new Hardee's opened in Lawrenceville about three months ago, and my dad won a mountain bike from Hardee's that <laughs> night. I rode for several years. I rode it in college. I rode it as an what adult. A, what a night. And I can't believe I sold it at a garage sale uh, in Bloomington. We okay. sold the bike that we wanted the game. I wasn't how, using it anymore. How much, you the, get the, how much you get for it? Like 10 bucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, David King. Is yes, he joined us. Yeah, David's here. All right. So I don't know. Uh, your video is. I can hear the audio just fine. Video is shaky at best, but you sound know. awesome. Yeah, well, you so, sound great, Dave. Yeah. So, so what we do? We go to Salem. Yeah. Tomorrow night. So this is that we do it all. Yeah, time. Yeah, Friday, Saturday. yeah. It's Friday at home, Saturday on the road, or vice versa. The next year, so Salem comes in there near the bottom of the league. I think maybe the only. T- I think Lawrenceville, who's hasn't won a game in the conference, is the only team below them. So you're looking at this. You you get this win, and then you got Ollie Mount Carmel a little tougher next week to finish off the conference. We control our own destiny, and I'm going to hand it off to David King to handle that Salem hosting Red Hill game. I can't wait to hear about the bike Dave won that next night. <laughs> is is there a uh, is there a bigger guaranteed letdown? In Red Hill history, yes, in Red Hill high school sports, then a ninety-minute road trip the night after, yeah. the night well, after the one the biggest, yeah, races. your favorite game, the King Bowl, the football games against Oblong, typically, yes, yes. <laughs> hey, before we get to that, let's talk about let's talk about a bank that supports the community. If you're looking for that, look no further than People State Bank. The folks at Peoples not only live in the community, but they're happy to serve the community by sporting activities for both the young and the old. And Peoples State Bank offers its customers great service for personal or business accounts, loans, a full-service ag center, and so much more. With four convenient area locations in Bridgeport, Sumner, Lawrenceville, and St. Francisville, Peoples State Bank of is the proud and we're happy to have them be a sponsor of the old school red hill podcast so all your financial needs contact stacy and the team at people's state bank can you guys hear that music now no oh really no, I'm, I'm, i made I an adjustment in my thing i thought that maybe that fixed I never, it i never can though i was gonna say this is now so with saturday coming up the fourth straight night that many red hill fans have had to eat dinner on the yes. fly, and like now we're traveling to Salem, right? But so you're leaving at two right. or three o'clock, right? and we've still got that, and we've still got that girls sectional hanging out there, right? I mean, yeah, don't forget yeah. coming back later in the show. So, I mean, so yeah, four, four nights, four nights right? I was at every one of these games. I'm sure you guys probably were too. We were at all eight of these. Lots of popcorn and hot dogs being consumed. A lot of McDonald's drive-through. When you can find oh, yeah. one. It ain't like it is now, Chip. There's not Very one on true. every corner. So, Dave, tell us well, about Dave's that. Well, going to pass two of them on this, yeah. <laughs> on the way, on this trip. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, Dave, tell us yet, about two. <laughs> that long trip to Salem. Well, um, again, this is the team we probably should have handled. Uh, we beat them. 80 to 47 on uh, oh in, in January at Red Hill. 
Oh, um, no. Despite that, uh, I, okay. Kendall, Coach I don't know what's going to happen here. I'll be, be honest <laughs> so, with you. I like despite that. That's good. They <laughs> was having me. I was feeling negative there for a little Just, bit. You know, despite the lopsided score at Bridgeport, uh, Coach Kendall was taking nothing for granted, especially after the emotional win Friday night. But he, but he did still believe going into the game that we would knock off Salem. Well, you should, yeah. Just maybe not, you know, maybe to the extent that we did, you know, at home. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Salem, we let, uh, this is a quote from Kendall, uh, we let Salem shoot 53%, and we didn't get much done defensively. Um, there were some calls that didn't go our way. We're not we going to lose this, are we? We had some kids tired after the floor game, but it's a fact of life in basketball that you got to play back-to-back big games. State um, tournament where we want to get. Yeah, got to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So play in the morning. Um, unfortunately, yeah, we lost this game oh. 61, sixty-one to sixty. Oh, um, I have no memory of this. <laughs> it seemed like this happened every year, but as Stacy, call in. What's going on, Chip? Now, Chip, I'm also trying to remember. We would have done this same thing. In 1991. So, yeah, that odd number of years would have been the same situation. I don't think we beat Flora on Friday night. No, we were swept by Flora. We lost both games to Flora that year. Right. So, did we we win Salem on the road? Uh, This has been the Matt Gentry night, Pizza Man. No, we lost back-to-back games. We lost lost by 12 points to Salem. So, yeah, two in a row. Wow, what a record we had until that. Yeah. Probably took us out of the NEC running that year. My senior year, it wasn't the Friday. Salem wasn't the Friday Saturday deal. It was a different team, but we also went to Salem and lost by ten in overtime. So the record in Salem wasn't. I, was, I say I don't ever remember. It was winning. three and losses in a row for sure. Yeah, I, I don't ever in my high school days. I don't ever remember winning on the road there. But. And then it was the Friday. I mean, if you think about it, a month and a half earlier at the Carmine Turn, we had that big win over NCOE sure. on Friday yeah. night. Came back and played the championship game against Harris. About a good Harrisburg team, sure. much better than Salem. The I, next night and lost that championship game. After, so kind of a similar yeah. situation. Do you have your dog tails with you, Chip? Yes. I feel like maybe my our my sophomore year. I feel like maybe we went over and beat Salem at Salem. So we're eighty four, eighty five. We're talking here. Yeah. Um. So that would have been an odd numbered year. So <laughs> this is going to be really embarrassing like if we got blown out. <laughs> you you took the two. You lost two in a row as well. Like then you lost by. Nine to floor. Nice job. Yeah, you only lost by nine. That Florida team went to the Sweet Sixteen. You only yeah, lost by right. nine to Flora. I, I probably so I guarded local. I'm like, oh, we all we played with Flora. We should easily beat Salem. Yeah. Um, so you kind of lost by ten to Salem. Okay, well, I, I probably counted that as a win. Yeah. What do we do the next year? We wouldn't have been at Salem. Your the next ju- year. junior year. Um, they beat you at home. Well, the schedule. I don't know. If there's a. It's yeah. I can't tell because it, this yeah, is out of right. order here. Like it got changed. Maybe there was a game snowed out or yeah. something. This reset at the end, but maybe we this that year. I'm, maybe I'm thinking we lost by ten, but it was probably closer. Year? Well, I yeah, I don't think. Yeah, def- went, yeah, no, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, it did not happen my freshman year. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No, yeah. I was just now, I, Brian. I will say. <laughs> yeah. I know you didn't play your senior year, but you guys. You, was that the they triple? Lost by two to, Tim Locum's team, they only lost by two. They lost by two to Florida and then went and beat Salem at okay. Salem. So. Was that like was that triple overtime? Was that that? I mean, it doesn't say, but that's impressive. I know the 87 team was kind of a one-man show. 
but they were a really good one man show by floor with floor, but yeah. to play them within two. Was, I think, I think that may have been the, the triple overtime game possibly. Anyway, um, I, I, I was thinking one year Florida we went and tough. played them. We played Salem tough. And, and so, um, we'll count that as a win. All right, go ahead, Dave. I, I'm shy. I, I really did not remember them going and losing that game at Salem. So this was news to me. But the, the weekend split uh, basically left Red Hill 18-4 on the season, 10-2 and in the NEC, tied with Flora. Um, Salem, 7-15 and on the year, 4-8. and A um, little bit about the game. Uh, Red Hill didn't – we didn't play terribly on offense. Looks, looks like our shooting percentage – shooting percentage was there. It wasn't – it wasn't terrible. Um, but um, after one – after – I lost myself here. But uh, Salem, after one quarter, led 16 to 13. Um, but Red Hill came back in the, in, the, in the second quarter and led 27 to 26 going into halftime. Okay. Uh, teams were tied at, at 46, entering the, uh, entering the final, entering the fourth quarter. Uh, the Wildcats quickly gained a five-point lead um, and then held that and still – we're up by five with less than three minutes. Uh, Stacy uh, Moore buried consecutive three pointers to put Red Hill up by one. Um, but unfortunately, looks like you guys can correct me on this. I can't. Joel Little. Yeah. Class of 91. Joel, okay. Joel was his first name. J O L E. Okay. Um, he had a basket, uh, he had a basket with 29 seconds left, put Salem up by one and they held on to win. Um, well, Stacy did have, Stacy did have a shot, uh, from outside, uh, that, you know, that would basically give us the win. Um, but Dave Hobbs, uh, fouled the, uh, their six, six center, Tom Sherman on the rebound with eight seconds left. And that was the, basically that was the ball game. Um, Individual stats, uh, Lance went 8 of 19 from the field, which probably um, probably was, a, you know, not one of his better shooting nights, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stacy Stacey was 6 out of 13 from the field, but he's also uh, he's also 4 or 5 from three-point range, so, okay. so he did well. Dave Hobbs with 10 points, 5 of 7 from the field. Mark Ambrose, 4 or 5 from the field for 8. Brandon uh, Brandon Smith only held, well, only with four points as well as Clifford, um, so you know it was just a tough game. That was a tough after an emotional win. Yeah, you know, that's that, I mean, that is tough. The, yeah, it is. Yeah. That's the absolutely toughest thing you could be served up as far as you know. And I don't care what Salem's record was when you got to take a you know an hour and a half bus trip west, which maybe that's not a big as big a deal now, but. Back then, that was the yeah. It seemed like you were driving to <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> that was as that was, a, that, was a, that was as big as it got right there. So, so I mean, we're tied. I mean, it's we're tied for the conference lead. Um, we would have we would have been in we would have been in sole possession of uh we could have knocked yeah. Salem off. We'd have been in sole possession yeah. of uh, twenty four uh, hours. We were in sole possession. Of, yeah, um, yeah. So anyhow, uh, so that's uh. That was a tough weekend. Uh, let's get into that. Uh, let's get into that next week. Yeah. Well, I'm going to close with one thought. I love when Joe Jones gets scholarly on us. Very intelligent man. <laughs> yeah. If you ever sat down and talked, yeah. oh yeah. But I love when he gets scholarly and into literature and things <laughs> like that. So this is how he led off his 
game article from the weekend. The floor he he combined the floor and the Salem into one article. Yeah, <laughs> like a <laughs> yeah. Get, Dave's reading it right now. Like a Quixotic band of knights in search of a holy grail, <laughs> the Red Hill Salukis ran a weekend emotional gamut of the highest high to the lowest low, and I don't think you can say it any better than that. Dang, that's deep. <laughs> That's great. You know, I was just I, I was looking at the article that that covers the game I'm going to do, and and I noticed it just said Joe Jones, and we it was when we were talking about the two coaches kind of going back and forth. Again, the great thing about our era is big time coaches that gave a crap. They're going at it. They don't mind to mouth each other. You've got sports writers that, that gave a crap. Yeah, and yes. you know what I mean? I mean, it was just uh, fans. Fans. That, that, yeah. Like, we treated this like they were professional on college games. I mean, that's how they were looked bigger than that to us. I mean, they were bigger than the professional on the college yeah. games. Yeah. And, and it was just a listen, kids. It was a great time to grow up and, and be a kid and, and not. And here's why. I'm looking at the t- Billboard Top 100. This is in the bottom 10. Now, this, some of these songs, it's not like where they were. I mean, they, they've been on the charts for 20-some weeks or whatever. But this is the bottom 10 includes The Locomotion, Wild Wild West by The Escape Club, uh, Way Cool Jr. by Rat, Walk on Water, Eddie Money, Groovy Kind of Love by Phil Collins. I mean, that's the bottom 10. Like the bottom ten of the top forty or the top one hundred? Of one hundred. Yeah, that's one, ninety one to hundred. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just cra- it's just song after song. And well, this was the number four song in the country. This was Bon Jovi Born to Be My Baby. I'll go ahead and play number three. It's a song that I know you boys are familiar with. This is by a little band called White Lion, When the Children Cry. Mm. Little child, dry your crying eyes. How can I explain the fear you feel I mean, if, if that doesn't bring a tear to your eye, you don't have a heart. <laughs> that uh, Born to Be My Baby sounded like the Red Hill football locker room in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> what a year. What a school year, Dave. We talked about that before you got here. What a year to be a student at Red Hill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got the right stuff by New Kids was number 10. Just saw The Living Years by Mike and the Mechanic, 16. 19 is Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. Is I this mean, for the year? No, the this year is year? this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Armageddon It by Def Leppard. I mean, it, it's just Eternal Flame by the Bengals. And I mean, I'm my prerogative. Like, so this isn't the year in 1989. No. Right, okay, I was thinking it had to be. This is for the week in February. Yeah, that's right. This is what we're listening to as we travel. This is the week of to... week of February. I I wanted to check, like, make sure I'm not wrong on this. I didn't get on the wrong chart. No, this is the week ending February 18th. All right. I mean, amazing. Crying by that's by Vixen. That's not that was the wrong one, but yeah. I mean, just it just nuts. Just song after song. I tell you what else is nuts. Oh, 
you're looking for your family to feel like they're covered and you don't have to worry about what's going to happen because you know that you got an insurance agency backing you, that's when you call the Andrews Insurance Agency, a division of the Burkhart Insurance Agency. It's your independent agents which come to making sure you guys are covered. Personal policies that cover auto, home, life, medical supplements, as well as commercial and agriculture policies make makes your place for insurance the Andrews Insurance Agency. Stop by the office where Arlene and Dr. Martin used to be or give Justin Shear a call at 945-2881, the Andrews Insurance Agency. Well, I think we're going to advance on to Monday, February the 13th. Uh, we know what that we know what's coming. Well, I'm, I got, thank God. I mean, thank God that we didn't. They didn't allow sports on Sunday. I mean, we were in the midst of Super Bowl. Probably was already over a week ago by that. And that that time, yeah, it was back in January back then. Yeah, so we're uh, we're finally just a day of rest. Thank goodness for Red Hill because come <laughs> Monday, we're getting out of school, getting off work, and everyone's heading to Newton how for many, the World's Class A section. How many people do you think went to all four of those games, or let's say five? We'll count the one you're doing on Monday night. How many people do you think went to every single one of them? I don't have a number, but a lot. Yeah, I would think at that time for sure. Because I, I will, I, I will admit, I did not go to the Salem game. I didn't. I didn't start going to. Road well, that's probably why they lost. Dave. That, yeah, probably, that'd be the probably, one where. Probably. Yeah, people needed a night off. They wonder. Yeah, so maybe they hit some of those yeah. moves. I wonder three, how many. How many something. people? Three fugitives. Yeah, <laughs> three fugitives. <laughs> fly to i wonder how many people were like what we lost like i did so we're going to get to the newton sectional we're playing in game one all he's going to face t-town in game two of this four team sectional being held in newton illinois at the high school there come on come on only knock him off we'll see <laughs> red hill had a sluggish start that only had them leading 21 to 16 at the half. So they played pretty good defense on us, of course. They turned around the second half and advanced to the Thursday championship game with a 54 37 victory over the Nokomis Indians, right? That sounds right. Uh, Redskins, I Red, close. Okay. Yeah, Redskins. Are they still the Redskins in 2024? Yes, they are. So. Okay. Really? Yep. Okay. Denise Bowser played one of her best games of the year, scoring 17 points. Bowser and Cherry Davis. Combined for 12 of the 21 first half points as Nakomas, of course, wow. focused on Mandy. Yeah. Mandy did score uh, with the, at the buzzer at the end of the first quarter. Coach Cunningham was quoted as saying, we played a good second half. The first half, we were a little disorganized, but turned things around in the final two quarters. Denise Bowser played a super all-around game, and Cherry Davis did a good job on the boards. We'll need everybody clicking if we intend to beat T Town Thursday. Is that I mean, what would you say it was? What a seventeen point game? Some uh fifty four thirty seven, yeah. I mean, which was a really close game for them for the most part. Mm, I mean, they yeah. blew out a lot of teams. Is that the sluggish start? Is that the opposite of what went on in Salem Saturday night? They're looking ahead. I mean, we can all pretend like, you know, they were you have to be. You know what's coming. Yeah, I've always that that the whole thing. I we could probably talk all about the looking ahead thing because I know it happens, but it's like you're still going at and you're playing every possession. Like it's yeah, I don't know. I know I, no, I I know what you're saying. I I don't know, but there's I I think it's a 
is it is an intensity maybe or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. it's definitely not like the seventeen year old kids are just forgetting what they're doing and looking to the next next game. But I, mean, I think it's, probably, it's just it's, a, a, a maybe an attention to detail or I don't know. I would I'd say, say a, more emotional letdown. The intention to detail, I think, would be you could throw I mean, that you know, in there. Dave, I am shocked how much you look like, um, what's his name? Eli Manning on this screen. Eli Manning, James Holzauer. <laughs> like, see, but you come off a sellout playing Flora. Yeah. Biggest game of the year. And you go to Salem, probably, you know, a lot of people went, but there was nothing like you were playing in front of I think of it's That's more pretty, just of a pretty big gym and just a, a, just a general feeling of excitement or whatnot, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So but anyway, we they win by seventeen. Advanced. So <laughs> we're going to be advancing to the uh, Thursday night sectional championship game. So what happened in game two of this? Like I said, T Town, Scott Olney, but Vicky Cleeler, come on Olney, and Marsha Campbell each scored twenty as T Town defeats Olney uh, pretty handily. Olney, but listen to this stat. Now I don't know if this was the Joe Jones didn't make too many mistakes, right? I, don't I can't. Think so. No, no, not at all. Only finished the season 17 and 10 with seven of those losses coming to T town and red Hill. Now I'm trying to think how that, how does that even make sense? Cause you guys, they would play at the T town tournament. So you get three against red Hill. If you include the T town tournament. And then of course you got at least two, cause you got the game they just played in the T town tournament and a regular season game probably. So there's six. I mean, and then the sectional game. I mean, I mean, but that's, I mean, that's yeah, that was amazing one. that they, only, they seven of their 10 were to the top. And I don't know, three teams look, maybe at a Christmas tournament. We I was going to say, yeah. Christmas, or no, I mean, we're at T-Town. Maybe, maybe another tournament we play. I don't, I don't know. He's close. Yeah, so I don't know if it's, it's got to seven. I mean, surely he well, thought sure the same right. thing. He, yeah. he didn't write something <laughs> like that in this article making a mistake. That is crazy to think. Yeah. That, that's crazy to think that seven – Against just two yeah, teams. Seven yeah. of their ten losses were to Red Hill and T Town. So I think that's a pretty impressive stat. It is. You, you take those out. And it will forever be in history in these newspapers. So it, you can't, I mean, I know there's ways you could cross check it, cross reference and everything, but it's it's in the paper, it's in the archives. It's now. true. It's true for so, me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no one's going to challenge it. And not that there wasn't enough news going on, but the Red Hill basketball team had a couple pretty good football players in that team as well. So one to also talk. But Lance Smith and Mark Ambrose became the first Lawrence County football players to ever be invited and play in the Illinois Coaches Association Shrine High School football game. Could it be held July 29th at Hancock Stadium in Normal? So pretty good. This was in that paper that day. So those two uh, uh, those two players were named to play in that game. So obviously pretty cool for those two. Uh, both went on to play college football as well. So pretty good, uh, a nice little accolade for those two during the, the midst of this basketball yeah, season. Yeah, for sure. But Monday, we got to move. Let's just keep this train rolling because I think there's something to do on Tuesday night. Gee whiz. All right, are we ready for Tuesday? Well, you know what we'll do real quick? We'll play the number two song in the country. And and when Lance Smith would block a shot, Chip, do you teach him to slap down or do you teach him to go straight Straight up? Now tell me, yes. (laughs) Oh, shoot, I hit the wrong song. (laughs) I was on my commercials. Let's try it again. Straight up. I can fool the boy when I like to get my love clock in the slamming door. 
straight up number two in the country as Red Hill battles teams all over Southern Illinois. Well, we're back on the road again. Another big school, shorter trip. A uh, team that's the past few years, their dominance of the 70s and early 80s has kind of waned a little bit. They're in that lower tier of the conference. They have been. The 10 and 13 Olney Tigers, that traditional Tuesday night game. Often it's senior night. This is a, a year where we play Olney on the road, so Friday will be senior night this year. And I, But here's... We're going to preview this game, first of all. Only two teams this year have beaten Florida. We know Florida's 10 and 2. Only two teams have beaten Florida this year. Anybody know those two teams? I'll say Red Hill's one of them. Red Hill's one of them. And the other one is the Olney Tigers. Tigers. Yeah. So the only two teams that beat Flora, they talked about their great shooting night they had against Flora that night earlier in the show. So this is definitely not a guaranteed win. Uh, The future NEC player of the year, in a week or so, he'll be on this Saturday. So five days, four days from now, he's going to be named NEC player of the year, Dennis Messenger. I, I didn't like that call. I think Lance and Stacy yeah. may have split the vote a little bit. Uh, and Messenger, I always thought Lance or Stacy or Jim Locum should have won it. I guess I am believe it, but after this, I think I'm a believer in Dennis Messenger. Oh, in, wow. in this, but he comes in averaging 23 a game. I mean, you can't. You just um, talked about how, like, when Joe Jones wrote it, it became fact. I mean, there's a perfect example. They're changing your mind. They are. He, they're changing my mind, and Coach Fred Kendall's changing my mind, and we'll get to that as, right. we, as we move on here. So, um, so we're still we're tied for the conference now. We can still. I'm thinking the bet right now as a fan, as a player, I guess a player in the JV game, being part of this program. I'm thinking the best we can do is tie. Yes, I know Florida plays Salem tonight. Salem is not going to beat Florida tonight. But they that's what they win. said about Red Hill. Stop <laughs> they're it. Not they're not going to win two in a row. So, <laughs> And then they play the winless Lawrenceville Indians on Friday night. They're not losing that game. So pretty much a tie is the best we can do. But if we don't, if we lose any of these games this week, we can forget a yeah, tie. we're not tied. For the, for the NEC title. All right. So um, the one thing we want to do is um, avoid um, what Alney did to Flora earlier in the season with that hot shooting night. We know Messenger leads the way, 23 a game, 6-4 junior, Matt Shan 16 a game. So oh, I forgot about him. they're a 6-6 six and six NEC team, so kind of middle of the pack. Um, Kendall says Messenger will get his points, and he's going to get his 22-and-a-half. Was that Burton Shan's, like, grandson or something? Were they, were they related, uh, right? Yeah, they're all – yeah, they're all – I think that's a grandson. Okay, that's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, most of those Shan kids that came through here were related to him some way. Um, we, he's going to get his 22 and a half, 23. We just, does, we just hope he doesn't get 30. That's if, if Messenger ends tonight with 30, we're in trouble tonight. Um, and we can't get burned badly by Shan either. Um, the Salukis, of course, are led by Lance Smith's 22 a game. 6'2", senior Stacy Moore, 16. And they must get over, this is what David Staver's calling it, the Saturday night tragedy that happened. Mm. And that tragedy oh, being the lo- When I first read that, I was like, what happened? What was yeah. the tra- oh, oh, yeah. oh that, that tragedy. <laughs> that tragedy. Uh, okay. Um, and then, of course, we're going to finish up with Mount Carmel. We can't look ahead to that game yet. So, Kendall said before the game, we lost a game we shouldn't have, and the kids are having a hard time accepting it. 
we had a terrible practice last night. So they haven't really they, they lost that game, come back to practice Monday and just uh they had to be dev I mean they had to be devastated. Right. They're having trouble picking it back up again. Stavers picking Red Hill by five in the road game. So let's get to the game and see how it goes here. All right. Well, we retained our ability to pull out games at the end. We got a free throw from Stacy Moore and two free throws from Lance Smith in the last six seconds in overtime. Whoa. We beat on the 73 Whoa. to 70. So it wasn't easy. Jeez. But we once again hit late free throws, which is, of course, going to be important with the postseason starting next weekend or next week. So it kept us in a tie for the conference. They're league. taking these people on a roller coaster ride. <laughs> Flora went ahead and beat Salem. So they're also 11 and two right now. Um, they beat them by 20 Tuesday yeah. night. Um, only drops a six and seven, the conference. It was the second straight overtime win earlier in the season. We beat only in overtime. So this team, oh, wow. uh, we beat them 66, 59 at our place back on January 10th. Kendall said, We've been winning most of them, um, confirming that this team's had way too many close calls this yeah. season. He says all he's the best team in the NEC right now. Uh, oh. We're fortunate to come out of here with a win. So the six and seven all Tigers, he said they're the best. They're better than Red Hill. They're better than Flora. Wow. They're the team right now. Um, so um, it was the only coach Larry Miller said it was just a normal NEC game where everybody plays everybody close. Both time, both teams played really well, and he hopes for the Tigers. It helps make them better down the road. The Saluki seem to have won this game. Ambrose leaned in for a 10-footer in the lane to give Red Hill a 66-65 lead with 50 seconds to go. And then after Dave Hobbs stole a pass in the post to Messenger, Ambrose got fouled and dropped both tosses. More late free throw heroics. 68-65 lead with nine ticks remaining. Alney rushed down, and Ingram, who had just taken three shots up until then in the game, attempted a closely guarded three-pointer from the key. Top of the key, I assume that means. It fell in with two seconds to go, and we were off to overtime. Kendall said his team will be going coast-to-coast now that Ambrose is in the lineup. I mean, this is one of the best... Running backs, rushers in Southern Illinois. So that adds a new dimension to your team with him in the lineup, getting to full strength now. With his, um, the team's going to be playing more up tempo, uh, pressing more on defense, more up tempo on offense. And he thought those were pivotal, having that were pivotal moments in the game. He said we had a 2 2 1 zone press on them, a press we worked on just last night. So we just installed this last night to get them to rush some shots. Lance and David did a good job of getting off the boards and we were off to the races and that's why they had had the fouls. I love the way Kendall always, because we, most of us call him Dave Hobbs. I like how I always refer to him as David Hobbs. It yeah. reminds me of um, John Wood would always call him Lewis, Lou Alcindor. I always, always referred to him as Lewis. So <laughs> I don't know if that, if Kendall's taken that, um, I mean, this was our Lou Alcindor, I guess, uh, coming into to Red Hill, the franchise as he was referred to before his freshman year. Yeah. So a little bit more on that. So Kendall's said about that game messenger is a hoss and he, Kendall proclaimed as he had Hobbs and usually Smith on for most of the night, he can jump and do it all. 
Fortunately for us, he was in foul trouble and had to sit some. Nobody can handle him. So that nobody can handle him, that's okay. Maybe he was NEC player of the year. Maybe I was biased, but um, but the, I think the vote splitting definitely hurt. But so he's a deserving NEC player of the year. I mean, I was just going to say to tell you what, how deep this conference was, Coach Kendall, who knows what he's talking about, just said Olney may be the best team. They finished seven and seven in the conference and eleven and fourteen overall. I mean, yeah. that's how deep the mm-hmm. talent pool was. Yeah. And and Red Hill um had had its big play man. It wasn't all Dennis Messenger that night. More Stacy Moore led the first half for us, scoring 16 in the first half, and he ended with 23. Um Lance getting back over that, getting back above his average where we like to seem. He um, in the second half he scored twenty one, so he picked oh, it up wow. in the second half where Stacy left off for a team high twenty five. Uh, Coach Kendall said Stacy got tired late in the game because he had worked so hard, and people don't realize how sick Lance has been. Oh, I talked about that holding him to eleven. He had it King, not one of his best shooting nights. I think yeah. King talked about. Incredible. People don't realize that he's been sick through this span. Um, and he's surprised we got that much out of him. And 25 is a nice game when you're a little under the weather. Yeah. And Ambrose hit some big shots for us, too. And then, of course, the JV game. Gino keeps pouring it in, in the uh, pouring him in the JV game. 20 against Olney. Chad Andrews, 19, but we fell 61 to 59. And I know we got some girls basketball before we finish out this regular season. But as we know, a Red Hill win Friday night against Mount Carmel secures at least a tie for the NEC title. Something Red Hill has never done. Whoa. And its predecessor, Bridgeport High School, did only three times. Mm. Crazy. Well, before we head into these last two big games, let's see what the number one song in the country was. <clears throat> and it's by a band called Sheriff When I'm With You. David King, Chip Jamerson, Gary Emmons, like a good power ballad. Oh, yes. Yeah. That, was a, that was a song that really kicked off me and Chip's friendship. Really? Like, I, I, could, uh, I, I could hear him talking about the power, like power ballads like at lunch. So I just threw it I just asked him about football practice. I was like, do you have this song? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I like, can, you, can, you tape it? can you tape it off for me? And, and I don't know if Gary's as big a fan of this song as we are. And I'll tell you, and I'm sure Gary likes it, but Gary probably doesn't remember this, but I know exactly how I obtained the 45 record of this song. Gary, I remember the whole story. While all this is going on, all this, all everything we're talking about right now. <laughs> Gary had a junior high dance and won this from DJ Bobby Bowser. <laughs> he won the whole 25 for When I'm With You. And he knew I loved the song. Being a good friend, he's like, you need this. I'm, I'm making up this quote. You need this more than I do. So, um, that's how I obtained that record. Nice. Yeah. Damn. And not not only not only did you give me a 
tape version of that. Uh, you, you like threw out, you threw, threw it about the, the, the whole, uh, made a whole mixtape for yeah, you. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's fantastic. So thank you, Chip. You're welcome. And thank you, Gary. Yeah. I didn't realize I had a piece in that, but yeah. I'm, yeah. I don't know what you did to win that from Bob Bowser. It was a dance contest or what it, it was. It definitely but... wasn't that. I don't know what it would have been. Hey, but... play one power ballad. You guys all fall in love again. <laughs> A good power ballad. I mean, uh, it's awful good, boys. It's awful good. 90, goodness gracious. Yes. Those are so I'll tell you good. what else is good. Uh, having a podcast that's sponsored by Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, the Andrews Insurance Agency, and People's mm. State Bank. All right. We've got a big one coming up now. We've waited all year. We knew this was right where we were going to be. Gary Emmons, where are we at? We're going back to Newton. It's Thursday night. It's sectional championship. It's Red Hill T-Town for second year in a row, I believe. But we, we, we've yeah. this rivalry is now it's it's a thing now. We've got the arguably the best player in the entire state, definitely the best player in uh, Class A for sure. And they they're loaded too. There's no doubt. T-Town had an absolute just run of amazing. This may have been their best team. Yeah, very well possibly was. So Joe Jones wrote. I feel like some of his best work here. I'm not even putting it. I'm hey, just going to read. Can we talk about how Joe Jones? We talk about how busy Joe Jones was <laughs> right now. <laughs> Although I had one of the games, I can't remember what it was. He had a picture. He was at the Lawrenceville game and wasn't at the the, the, the zero and the, thirteen. Oh, yeah, zero oh and fourteen, one and twenty-two Indians. Because it showed like a picture of a Lawrenceville player. I was like, who took this picture? It said like photo by Joe. Like, what were you doing there? <laughs> I can't confirm he was in Newton on okay, uh, Thursday, February sixteenth. I'm just I'm just reading his words. I'm completely plagiarizing this from Joe. Or I'm quoting Joe. This is straight what he said in the Daily Record. Okay. The girls' Class A tournament in Newton was listed as a sectional, but if history repeats itself, Thursday's contest was the Class A state championship game. Last year, Tia Topos edged Red Hill by three points in the Vandalia sectional, then won its next four games in a state championship by double-digit margins. Ask, uh, this is to Steve Cunningham, ask if he believed this game was the state championship game. Cunningham said, didn't struggle for an answer. I think it was. Wow. Tia Topos handled the, the ladies' Salukis on January 7th in the championship game of their own tournament. So another great move by Coach Cunningham to get us in that tournament, number one, because that put them in front of some pretty amazing crowds. Yeah. Um, we know what happened the next year. Uh, going to play in that tournament too, which was again a one. I mean, best win in Red Hill women's or basketball history, probably for sure. Yep. yep. Uh, Dennis, uh, and in that game, we they got a seventy-eight to fifty-four over there in that in the, in the holiday tournament. Yeah. Coach Dennis Custer's squad was pushed to the limit by Red Hill. The Lady Salukis gave away size and experience, but stayed close on the desire, hard work. And the fact that the best player on the floor was clad in blue and white. Any doubters who believe Red Hills Mandy Cunningham fattened her state leading 36 point average at, against uh, Pasties would be held in check by Tia Topos' vaunted defense were mistaken. The five foot seven junior All Stater drove the, the lady shoes for 34 points and built a strong case for her um, uh, coronation of the state's hardcore, uh, hardcore, hard court. Queen, on a court filled with marvelous uh, female athletes, Cunningham's level of play was on another plane. 
We wanted to wear her out, make her work as hard as possible for anything she got, Custer said. It finally worked late in the game, but she sure played a heck of a ball game. She could take control of a game if you if you let her. Tia Topples trailed early, but took a 15-10 lead before Mandy swished a 15-footer and a free throw to pull her team within a 15-13 after the first quarter. The Lady Salukis played all but four minutes and 11 seconds of the first half without sophomore point guard Mary Martha Cunningham, who was saddled with three fouls, two on offensive charges coming just 12 seconds apart. Oh, wow. So that hurt for sure. Junior Monica Cunningham gave her Red Hill a solid play at the point guard spot in place of Mary Martha. Monica did a great job off the bench for us, Steve Cunningham said. She came in cold but did but not turn but did not turn the ball over against that press. She also hit a re, uh, hit a rebound basket and kept the Lady Salukis close in the first period. Denise Bowser, who scored eight points for Red Hill despite having to face six foot one Vicky Cleanler and six foot three Connie Ruhall inside, hit a pair of free throws with a 306 left in the second period, then pulled Red that pulled Red Hill within 27 to 22. But it proved to be the Lady Salukis' final score in the second quarter, and T-Town took a 29 to 22 halftime lead. Cleanler, just a junior, scored three of her team-high 21 points to open the second half, and Tia Topless rolled to a 46-31 advantage before Mandy scored seven points in the final 56 seconds to give Red Hill new life, entering the final quarter down just by eight, 46 to 38. Two free throws by Mandy with the, with 251 left pulled Red Hill within 54 to 50, but a pair of turn, turnovers and a missed shot allowed T-Town to stretch the lead to 60-52 with 34 seconds left to preserve its 27th win of the season. Red Hill bowed out of competition with a 25-2 mark. The Lady Salukis are 51-3 in the past two seasons. All losses coming at the hands of the Lady uh, Wooden Shoes. Uh, the kids are taking it hard, but that's how it that goes with sports, Steve Cunningham said. It tears your heart out when the kids play so hard and lose. Mandy said this team deserves to get the champagne and play there. It's a shame we have to play them now instead of in the state tournament. I think both teams deserve to be there. So Mandy ends a great junior season with 34 points. Uh, played her hardest. The other role players had a pretty good game, but when you run into T-Town, um, you know what you're going to get with them. You're going to get pressed. They're big. They're bigger than you every single time. Have a couple just uh, uh, girls that were going to play Division One basketball out of that team too. Um, and we know every year that's what we're getting. We're going to play them in the. We're going to play them in their yeah. uh, own tournament, and we're going to get them in the. Unfortunately, get them in that sectional uh, that year, previous year, and then coming into Mandy Senior the next year too. I'm sure. My my memory, that I was thinking it was a closer game than that for some reason. But uh, anyway, yeah. I, I'm sure uh, down through the years there's been other teams go at it like this. But for that three year stretch, those two teams, it, it's just unbelievable to think that how they how the the just magnitude of the games that they had, just incredible. And we lost I always, four, four games in three years, and they were all to T-Town. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and I every, every I always think, you think of two, like, nemesis, Ryan Shields to Matt Shear. Yeah. T-town, really, I mean, probably state championships. I mean, Yeah, that, the best run in T-Town, their 
storied history, the best run in T-Town history, matched the exact same, same time. Same time. Isn't that, that crazy? Sophomore through senior. I know yeah, I okay. just looked at uh, – I was looking at some Indiana stuff, and I know Vincennes Reve, I think they lost to the same team in the girls' state finals back in the early 2000s. I think they lost to the same team mm. twice. And then just about four or five years ago, Lagodi – Beat Pioneer the girls' junior year, turned around and lost to them in the state fight, both in the state championship game. Mm-hmm. So kind of the same thing, but it's just it's rare when two teams are at the top of the game. Like I said, just too bad that it had to happen when it happened versus later on because and, and T Town of course did go on to win the state championship uh, that year. So did they win yeah. all three or just mm-hmm. did they win back? They to won back? all three of them. Wow, unbelievable. It's crazy. All right. Does that end girls basketball then? That unfortunately ends uh, a fantastic junior year for the Lady Salukis and state our class A scoring champion back-to-back years for Mandy Cunningham. Can she do it again next year? And we'll miss you, Connie Cullison. We'll miss you, Michelle Weiss. But we'll be back next year. Okay. Well, you know who else will be back? The Red Hill Salukis is going to end this eight crazy nights as they're going to wrap up their regular season on the boys' side, and they're going to play Mount Carmel in our home gymnasium, and it is trying to get a share of the NEC title that it looked for a minute like they had a chance to win outright. Close game. They come out, Mount Carmel, who ended their season at 16-7, and so uh, a good team in, in in their own right. Again, talking about how deep this conference is, um, just good team after good team, big player in NEC history after another. Mount Carmel comes out. They're up 17-12 after one quarter, but a big, big second quarter by the Salukis, 20 points in the second quarter, and that turned into a 34-33 Red Hill halftime lead and then over – after three quarters, it was fifty-one to forty, and Red Hill ends up making or Mount Carmel ends up making it close. They got within two. It's sixty-five, sixty-three with two minutes left with the conference on the line. And then their their stud Brian Fox gets loose for a breakaway slam dunk, and it's going to tie the game. But Stacy Moore comes flying in out of nowhere, slapped the dunk attempt away from behind, then hit a short jumper at the other end to give his team a four point lead. And Mister Clutch again, Brandon Smith, switched a pair of free throws with 16 seconds left to give Red Hill a victory and a share of the conference crown that they have been so craving. Yes. First-year coach Fred Kendall, his team uh, had a share of the school's North Egyptian Conference Championship. First one in 27 years and the first one to win 20 games since 1968. Mm. Friday's win left Red Hill 12-2 in the NEC. That ties them with Flora, of course. It says the school's only NEC titles came in a three-year span from 60 to 62 when All-Stater Steve Cunningham was sinking fallaway jumpers against Bridgeport opponents, and Ray Estes guided the program. Talks about Steve being the girls' coach. And then here's another great stat. 
He Since he guided the, the Lady Slukies to a second straight NEC crown, making Red Hill only the third NEC school to win championships in both boys and girls basketball in the same year. Alney accomplished it twice, and Flora did it in 1986. So, wow. yeah. Assuming what do you hear? Red Hill hasn't done that since. Don't think in those. We had some decent mm. girls teams in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, but I think Melinda yeah. was there. Alney was pretty good. And then those 2000 teams, yeah. Because we went to the LIC in 01. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. yeah, yeah. But uh, scoring uh, a big thing, I, I talked about Brandon. Brandon had 13 points off the bench, and Mount Carmel had zero bench points, all their scoring by their starters. Matt Fowler led the Aces. He was 9 of 17 from the field, had 25 big points. Brian Fox had 16 points. Robbie Thompson, 11. Rod Wilkinson had 10 points. And uh, Ron Lane threw in a whole one point on the game. For the Salukis, Lance Smith led the way again. He's starting to feel better, evidently. 10 of 20 from the field, 4 of 7 from the line. He had 24 big points. Brandon had 13. Stacy had 12. Dave Hobbs had 12, and Clifford York, 6, Mark Ambrose, 3. But the amazing thing is that's uh, 70 points on the board, no three-point baskets. Stacy went mm. 0 for 3. That was the only three that Red Hill even attempted. Um, and uh, Red Hill won the rebound battle, 31-28. Uh, Well-played game for both teams, seven turnovers for the Aces. Red Hill had nine. And uh, just in case you're wondering, your officials were Ray Demerit and Steve Dawkins. Uh, junior high game, uh, Mount Carmel beats Red Hill 76-68 in front of 1,900 fans in Bridgeport. Mike Hayes pours in 16 points for that one. So Red Hill is your co-NEC champs. They finish at 20-4 and overall, 12-2. and Floor also 12-2. and Mount Carmel 8-6. and Fairfield 8-6. and Alney 7-7. and Salem 5-9. and Carmi four and ten, and the Lawrenceville Indians, who I did not remember being this bad. I, I didn't either. Zero uh, and fourteen, and as one as competitive as Bobby Wagner is. That senior year had to, still has to eat away at him. Now, I being on that zero and fourteen with him on that team. Had. Were they? They were the year before. They were eighty eight. So that team was okay. really good. And then, okay, that's, yeah, I didn't remember Lawrenceville okay. getting that bad. So, so that'll wrap up the eight crazy nights of basketball. I did want to mention one thing um, that was in this paper: Red Hill Slukies hundred and eighty nine pound wrestler Jimmy Worth advanced to wrestleback competition Saturday at Champaign in the Class A uh, wrestling tournament. He was defeated fifteen to five by Hoopston Eastlands Dan McGee. Worth won his opening match twenty to eight. And uh, then losing in the second round, thirteen to ten, the senior finished the season with an incredible thirty-five and three wrestle uh, record. Two other Red Hill wrestlers qualified for state competition, but lost in the first round. Darby Wagner fell to another Hoopston East Lynn wrestler, and Brian Wells lost a six-minute technical fall to a kid from Taylor Ridge at 135 pounds. So, man, gosh, I mean, football. Yeah, he had that going on as well. I mean, this yeah. is, we were just doing basketball on this. Football, and... girls basketball, wrestling, boys basketball. I, I think goodness. we talked about this during the yes. – when we, we covered this David covered year. this school year, yeah. yeah. He covered the wrestling. So if you need more information on that right, wrestling, the kid from Unity that Jimmy beat and everything. Probably the overall best, best sports year 
Oh, yeah. yeah. There's been yeah. discussion. There's, there's yeah. been discussions yeah. about that. Some I would mean, say 93. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. Girls Boy, and boys basketball. Good. Girls and boys yeah. basketball, wrestling, football. Everything's clicking. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, did want to mention, I, we weren't doing uh, this week in the Daily Record, but three things jumped out at me as I just went ahead and perused it. Uh, Russell Adams was discharged from the hospital. Hopefully he wasn't in too much distress and could make it to some of these basketball games. There's a white poodle that's lost in Bridgeport. His name's Ike. He was last seen crossing the railroad track. So if you see Ike, call 945-5253. Hopefully he made it across the tracks. (laughs) And uh, I just happened to glance at one of the one ads and uh, said, uh, lady wanted for companionship and possible marriage. Write to C.L. Stiver, 641 Roosevelt. I looked that up. That is about a block and a half heading to the west from the like the left field entrance at the tank farm so okay, right right down you. there is where <laughs> cl lives and and uh you know so you have good uh, you know accessibility to baseball games and softball yeah. games he and, put it all out there yeah. he put his name so, there i'm impressed yes. yeah so anyway if you're looking I for i haven't thought about trying that maybe. yeah i mean <laughs> companionship and possible marriage i mean he laid it out there right in the first sentence so Oh boy. CL Stivers. And, and, and another, I, I noticed you said 1,900 at the game. Another on near south. So I'm, I still think they eyeball. I'm guessing there were a few probably in the corner or something, some seats. So they're like, eh, we're going to kick this down to 1,900 night. But yeah, another sellout. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just what, a, what a time to be in that arena. Amazing. Eight crazy nights, Chip. And they were crazy. They were. All right. Um, Anything else, guys, that you wanted to, to bring up? We talked about the Bridgeport Leader Project moving along. Hopefully, by late spring, early summer, we will have those first 20 years online. We may start doing podcasts daily at that mm-hmm. point. Yep. I have a feeling that, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of time spent on that. And uh, it just, it's going to be. It's going to be quite interesting. There may be days where I don't don't work a whole lot. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you to our sponsors again. We we really appreciate them. And please do us a favor. When you go in there and see these folks, tell them you heard about them right here on the Old School Red Hill Podcast. That's People's State Bank, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, and the Andrews Insurance Agency. On behalf of Chip Jamerson, David King, Gary Emmons, I am Brian Emmons. We write, direct, produce every single one of these shows and have a hell of a time doing it. And we hope you have a great time listening. If you've ever got a topic that you'd like us to dig in, do our deep dives on, throw us a note on the Facebook page and we will be happy to do that. We've got lots of great shows planned for this year, but there's always time to, to fit another one in. Also, if you think where it's warranted, give us a five-star rating and please hit the subscribe button. We are dangerously close to 30,000 downloads, which we're having a good time. We'd be talking about this stuff anyway, but we appreciate you listening. Yeah. So on behalf of the boys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast. And don't forget, we are Red Hill. Let's go white.